0: Let's do this, the Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey,
1: David. How are you doing tonight?
0: Um, Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, Lots going on today at work. So um, anyway, uh, the order's lost. Five three with the um, empty net goal against the Florida Panthers. They're now zero two on this road trip, four game road trip. I was hope yeah, I was hoping they would um, get two wins, so they got to win the next two. Bruce, how are you doing?
1: I was hoping they get five points, David. So they're going to have to yeah get some kind of miracle from uh, the hockey guards, and uh, they due one or two from those dudes, but uh, I don't think it's going to manifest in Five points in two games. They're uh, they're up against it.
0: If the the owners are going to have to make better sacrifices of some sort, if they want the hockey gourds to smile on them, I don't know what they're what they're doing now. You know, maybe they got to up the ante. All right, um, Bruce. This is our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast with one quandary at the end. What's your good thing?
1: Yeah, I'll go with Connor McDavid uh, getting a multi-goal game for the first time all season, and uh, one uh, one scored on a uh, one-timer from almost the goal line off of Leon setup. That was kind of the reverse of a goal we've seen Leon score a number of times over the years, where McDavid feeds him down low and he just beats the goalie to the near side post with a one-timer to open the scoring. Uh, and then he uh, later gave Edmonton their second lead of the game when uh, he was awarded a penalty shot after getting tripped on uh, on a breakaway, uh, where he was flying in. The defenseman came sliding in, slashed the skates out from under him, and Connor went crashing into the boards after missing the net with his shot. Uh, cut to the bench, and Paul Maurice shaking his head. I don't know if he's if he's shaking his head over that call.
0: He's and, always shaking his head. He was yeah, shaking I mean, his head after uh, Booth. Uh, maybe he
1: was shaking his head at his team letting McDavid get behind him. And if that was the case, then I forgive him. Otherwise, if he didn't like that call, then I'm sorry. That <laughs> that was the correct call 100 times out of 100. I don't care who's got the breakaway. Anyway, uh, and he buried it. Great shot. None of this shootout. Chicanery of going way over to the boards and dribbling in at one mile an hour stuff. He just basically played hockey on the on the the uh, penalty shot. Came in, picked a spot, buried it. Did he I go like way to over to
0: the boards? I thought hmm? he did initially. He didn't in, in he go the, way well? Over. Yeah, the blue yeah, line yeah he a little bit, over.
1: but not like all the way over. And some of these shoot-up moves drive me crazy. Anyway. Like I, I keep saying they need to put a 30 second shot clock on the shootout.
0: They should get rid of, of the shootout for some so, of these guys. I, uh, I used to yeah, like the shootout but I'm done with it. It's, yeah,
1: it's lived it's yeah, Anyway, so. he played 24 minutes, 10 shot attempts, 3 on net, couple of block shots. I thought he played hard. Uh trouble in his own end again, but that seems to be a thing with the Oilers and uh trouble on the power play and that's not on any one guy, but the unit as a whole is uh is hurting the team right now anyway it's uh it's um tough times for the oilers but it's good to see 97 looking a lot closer to his old self i thought in this game i had a lot of fight in this game like he was really like this was a really tough hard physical kind of vicious game to be honest and uh, uh, a few of the oilers kind of disappeared in it and a few other ones stepped up and i thought mcdavid was one who uh, was right in the middle of things so hat tip to the captain led the team but didn't lead it to victory but led the team all the same
0: that that was a really tough game and it was a hard game to lose you know they had the two goal lead again in the game and they just could not um they could not hold it bruce it, uh, it's that was just very frustrating that this team is unable to hold leads. But this it was a little bit of a different story in not holding the lead this game, and we're going to get to that shortly. Um, I'm going to go for my good thing, Bruce, with um, Evander Kane's goal. Uh, it's the second goal of the game for the Oilers, I believe. And, um, yeah, it's the second goal. And it was just a fantastic play all around by um, some players lower down the batting order for the Edmonton Oilers. It it really kicks off when uh, Philip Broberg comes in hard on a pinch and uh, wins it, pushes the puck down low. And then um, in the sequence that comes up, Ryan McLeod um, wins the puck a couple of times. He wins it and it goes over to the far side and i think there's a shot at net and it goes back to his side maybe that's when broberg pinches and then he wins it again pops it to derek ryan who just makes a fantastic pass because evander kane's coming into the slot at that point and he's moving but the, the it's the pass is perfectly weighted and timed and placed so kane can just drive it in the net which is exactly what evander kane did and he had some penalty trouble there was one kind of chintzy penalty, that's for sure, um, on Kachuk where he punched Kachuk in the head. There was so much so much rough stuff that went uncalled. For that to be called, I just think is ridiculous. But anyway, he had some penalty trouble later on, Kane did. But um, he's really been playing well for the Edmonton Oilers and scoring points at even strength at the highest rate of any Edmonton Oiler. And, um, you know, for a player that some people, not naming any names, but we're near the top of the list, we're doubting him early this year. Uh, he's come through, and he's playing, he's, you know, strong two-way hockey, and he brings the physical this game. He, he was really missed in the third period when he took that misconduct, and uh, the voters could have used his physicality at that point because they were unable to battle through and get off uh, good shots against uh, Florida down the stretch. But, uh, yeah, he just, uh, he drained that shot. And it was a big goal. They're up two nothing, and I'm thinking maybe this time they'll hold the lead. I wasn't really thinking that, but I was hoping that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> holding a lead,
0: holding not a something
1: Everton orders do very well.
0: It sure isn't, Bruce. It's just this nightmare. five
1: leads on this road trip, and twice they've fallen behind by one goal, and neither time were they able to muster uh, another goal in the rest of the game. The last ten minutes of the uh, of the uh uh Tampa game in the last 26 minutes of this game after they fell behind it was like the final score was just already sitting on the board waiting for the empty net goal to seal the yeah. deal both times and uh, the comeback. I mean the shots clock will tell you the Oilers uh came close So uh, you know they had 13 shots in the third period yeah uh Evanton did I believe uh no, wait a minute, uh, 10 to ten to 6 in the third period. but so they uh, had only 6? The grade Florida? A shot, yeah, Florida only had 6 in the third, oh, Edmonton okay. had 10 uh, shots. But their last grade A shot came with 14.48 to go in the third period uh, when they had a, a decent 6 on 5 during the delayed penalty. And that was the last sort of time they really, truly threatened, it seemed like. Anyway. They got a power play then, they got another power play a few minutes later, and they got zero shots on the two third-period power plays, needing a goal they couldn't even muster a shot on net. Just unacceptable, really. World-class power play, and they just lost it, completely lost the plot.
0: They're just, um, they're both pressing and also tentative on the it's power stationary. play, stationary.
1: There's no movement.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit. It's a little rough because they just don't seem confident. They don't. They don't have it, They do not have swagger. Uh, this team at all right now. It just doesn't. And especially on the power play. Yep. I mean, just Leon is just fighting it, and he can't buy a goal. I mean, he lashed just a brilliant shot but on.
1: Brovsky absolutely robbed.
0: him I think twice that was on the power play. He did Uh, one in the first
1: period. He stopped him, and then one in sort of 30 seconds into the second period. That was one save of the year candidate. Leon got fed in the low bottom of the circle, and he did not miss. He blasted right upstairs, rocket high in the short side corner, and somehow Brofsky got uh, the piece that they call the cheater on the glove. Here's a clue: if you got a piece of equipment called the cheater officially. Maybe you got your equipment rules wrong because you got this big extra, like, thumb above the thumb. Anyway, he got a piece of that on it. It is part of the equipment. It's a great save. But uh, Leon is looking skyward a lot these days. He just can't buy one. Even when he does everything right, that's when some NHL goalie plays Dominic Hasek on him. You know, we've seen it already in this road trip, like, three or four times, right, in two games.
0: That's really a good point about the cheater, Bruce. That's really I hate fun. the cheater.
1: <laughs> I think of Johnny Bauer wearing this long, thin glove. You know, kind of the shape of his hand, a little longer, but it doesn't. Why does it have to come up to you know, like six inches above your wrist?
0: Anyway. Yeah. Of course, the order's, goalies, the, the orders goalies, the orders goalies will also have the cheater.
1: Oh yeah, they do, and they use it works it. both
0: ways. <laughs> yes, it does. Okay. Uh,
1: we're to our bad things, are we? Uh well, I think yeah, we we each, we each had a good thing. We're doing one one bad thing each, right? We just do one. Yeah. Bad okay. Thing. Well, my okay. bad thing is the hockey guards, and I'm mad at the hockey guards, and they are mad at me and my team, and they are just giving it to the artists uh, on a regular basis. For it's be your tonight- fault, be And tonight. It was two goals, two goals on incredibly fluky plays that you wouldn't see once in 100 years. And it happened twice tonight with the Oilers uh, trying to cling to a one-goal lead, and both times it wound up in the back of the net. The first one, the 2-2 goal, came when Zach Hyman blocked a shot from the blue line. It broke his stick. Uh, he dropped the stick like he's supposed to. He stayed in his position like he's supposed to. And when the Oilers got possession, he buzzed over to the uh, to the bench for a new stick like he's supposed to. And Matthias Ekholm got the puck in the in the corner, saw Dreisaitl, who had broken up ice for a, a chance behind the Florida blue line, and fired a long stretch pass that was heading directly for Dreisaitl. Watch the end zone replay, and you'll see what I mean. And it hits frickin' Zach Hyman, skating to the bench, stays in the zone, and Florida gets possession, and bing, bang, bong, and it's in the net. A terrible goal on Pickard, I thought, but the fact is that the puck that should have been long gone from the zone after Hyman at, at all did everything right, wound up staying in by this inc- incredibly strange sequence of events. Like, at home, like, there's no way he, should, he could be expecting a player on his own team to be cutting right through his passing lane at that exact moment. I mean, that's like Randy Johnson hitting that seagull with his fastball. You know, I mean, the seagull happened to be there at the wrong millisecond of time and paid for it. Well, the Oilers paid for this one. And then that was little compared to the 3-3 goal where Oilers are coming into the Florida zone I think it's Kane that's got the puck, and uh, 23 for Florida. Verhage, who's an excellent player, uh, uh, tried to check Kane, and he lost control of his stick, and his stick popped up out into the air into, into center ice. And in the meantime, the play gets di- disrupted. Verhage, without a stick like Hyman had been earlier, he kept his head and kicked the puck on to another Florida guy, and they come out of their own zone in a routine two-on-two. Until Philip Roberg skating backwards, playing the two-on-two, steps right on the blade of the fallen stick on the ice and takes a spill. And now the two-on-two is suddenly a two-on-one chaos ensues. Puck winds up in the net. I mean, tw- two freak plays. Two freak oh, plays. And that but first there Broberg. was another Come freak on. play on that whole Come thing. Come on. <laughs> nurse and, then, yeah, and then Nurse comes back. As the one guy back, and he tries to make the hero defensive play, like we've seen uh, uh, Sergachev pull off the other night a miracle where he just swung his stick around behind his back and robbed Drysidel of a shore goal. And there was another Florida guy who did something similar tonight where he just, just swung his stick around behind his back and made a defensive play. Who the heck was that guy? Uh, uh, <clears throat> I remember the play. Uh, anyway. Uh, and Nurse tries to do the same thing where he comes sliding across and he swings the stick to try and get a piece of the puck and he gets a piece of the puck and puts it right through Pickard's legs and into the net I mean oh,
0: that was horrible that was really horrible because it might not have been a goal like oh. might, that play might have gone nowhere I mean the orders. Uh, Pickard you mentioned Pickard on the um, Eckholm turnover that was a terrible goal against and it was it was a big moment in the game and you it was he sure. needed to make that say that's sad, Bruce. Calvin Pickard had a really he had a, he had a pretty good game like uh so the grade A shots mm-hmm. in total were sixteen for Florida, 12 oh. for Edmonton uh the subset of uh five alarm shots, eleven for Florida, seven for the Oilers. Pickard was tested again and again and again, and he did enough to keep his his team uh, within striking distance and a chance to win this game. That mm-hmm. was a really uh, rancid goal against. You don't want to – that was hard to watch. Yeah. But um, he was otherwise pretty solid. And um, if they put him in another game, like, I know they're looking for a goalie, but that's all that Rumor Mill has is goalie talk. But um, – he was he was he did okay. He wasn't the reason they lost. He was part now well, he was one of them, I guess that was a pretty bad goal against. So but um he kept them in it enough so they had a chance to win against the Florida team that was uh, mm-hmm. offensively excellent uh, in this game.
1: Yeah. It's the Florida team that got two goals from Miko Mikola. And one goal from Kevin Stenlund, and yeah, and depth players for the other teams producing goals. Oh
0: yeah, Bruce, I'm gonna, I was gonna go with the one goal against the winning goal against is my bad thing, but I'm gonna switch it to Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, who just isn't doing enough right now on the power play or at even strength. And um, tonight he, he had a poor game and um, he, uh, it, I think this typifies it. This, this stat typifies it. Uh, he had 12 faceoffs, He won two of them. He's yeah. never been known as a great face-off guy, but uh, he's got a, it's, that's a battle. And I just think face-offs are indicative sometimes of your battle level in a game. And that's not, high enough right now for Ryan Nugent-Hopkins at even strength. He's just got to go that much harder. Dig in that, that much harder. And the same goes for a number of Oilers players. I mean, he and Ryan McLeod, the two Ryans are the third Ryan is is a hard worker, Derek Ryan, but the two Ryans right now have got to both play with more intensity. And Ryan McLeod wasn't bad this game. He made a couple of nice battles uh the on the game score. goal. That's right. So it was he was he but you know, he just, he's got to do more. He's got to do more hitting. And especially McLeod, because he doesn't score a lot. Newt tends to score a bit more at even strength or he has in some seasons. He's had other seasons where he's been quite weak at even strength scoring. So maybe I'm just expecting too much, you know, him to be more than he is at even strength. But they really do need him to come up big with some scoring plays at even strength. And um to do better defensively, he was a he was made major mistakes on three grade A shots against this game, which for a forward is a really high number. So um, yeah, it's his game. he's not close to his a, a game. that was his D game. And uh, to win, the Oilers need more from from um, from him.
1: Yeah, he had one shot on net this game two that missed the target, the one that was on net, I remember it. it, was the second delayed penalty in the third period. Remember the first one, they had like almost a minute of pressure before oh, the, the power shot. play itself yeah. grabbed the game. But, and the second time, they had a the delayed penalty in full control and a chance to maybe set something up again. And he just did the old Darnell Nurse float one into the goalie's crest from 60 feet to relieve the pressure.
0: I, don't you that hate was that?
1: his one shot of the whole game. So nurse isn't doing enough.
0: that as much anymore not this season enough.
1: not quite as much you still know no, not so quite well, as but, much yeah but uh, he's learning to wait for the traffic which is the main thing on a play like that anyway that was Nuge's only shot of the game and I just didn't see much um what how much what was his grade a shot rate three against how many four? nurse oh uh Nuge
0: zero four three <sighs> against so yeah, he created nothing and nothing on the power play. He wasn't involved in any great a shots. So
1: the power play couldn't um, keep the puck in. They couldn't control it. They couldn't move it around, and he's a big part of that. So
0: yeah, he is. He mm-hmm. really is. But it's really McDavid and Settle who are out of sync on the power play right now. They're just not able to. I mean, some of it was bad luck mm-hmm. tonight. Drysaddle should have had at least one goal by, if there was any fairness in the world, but there isn't. There isn't. <laughs> That's not how the world works. Oh, definitely not. It, it does not. It does not. Um, so um, let's move on to our numbers, Bruce. What is your numero?
1: Uh, my number is two, which is the number of times Evander Kane managed to get himself benched tonight. Uh, One late in the first period. He scored a, a nice goal to make it 2-0, and then he took a penalty like seven seconds off the face-off. Classic game management call, but he did... Uh, you know, get into it with Kachuk. And, and it was one of those ones the refs could have called one way, the other way, both guys or nothing. And, of course, with the score being 2 nothing, you know what they did. And, and Florida scored on the power play. So that, there went the 2 nothing lead. And then a couple shifts later, Kane on the back check, 50 feet behind the puck, decides to reach in and hook a guy. Ref catches him, sends him off. And that was a hook. <laughs> And he played eight more seconds for the rest of the first period, which is the amount of time it took him to get from the penalty box back to the player's bench. And then Chris Knobloch sat his ass on the bench for the last five minutes and change of the first. It wasn't like a huge long time, but he definitely missed probably two shifts and message sent. Uh, Now, the next question is, was the message delivered? Because uh, Kane was, you know, he's one of the more effective Oilers in what was a tough, hard, dirty game, as mentioned earlier. And Kane is all of those things. And with 13 minutes to go in the third period, there's Oilers on the power play and there's a scrum along the boards and there's some, you know, pushing pushing and shoving uh, and uh, two penalties called either way. And then a third penalty gets called, Evander Kane, 10 minute misconduct. And I've heard no explanation yet, but 99 times out of 100, if a guy not on the ice gets a penalty, it's for beacon off the wrench, ref from the bench. And with 13 minutes left to go in a one-goal game, I mean, sorry, not good enough. Shut your damn mouth and play. And if that isn't what happened and it's something excusable, then I apologize in advance. But if that is what happened, it's not good enough. Waters needed Evander Kane down the stretch of this game, and he was sitting in the damn penalty box because he benched himself for 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, (laughs) not good. Bruce, uh, my number relates to Connor McDavid's even strength scoring, and I guess he got two even strength goals. I guess the penalty shot is counted as an even strength goal, is it? Or is it? They just show
1: one player on the ice for each team, the shooter and the goalie. So it won't show up under five on five. It's like literally on the on the uh, on the game summaries. It stands out like a sore thumb. These are the players on ice, and you see the one goal. It's Just got one number on each team. So, so it's okay. even strength. So it's just not a, five
0: on five. Yeah, that's kind of foggy, but yeah. Yeah,
1: it's counted as it is ev p s, meaning even strength penalty shot. Okay. So it won't show up in five on five, but the breakaway certainly that's caused the event was uh, was uh, at even strength.
0: It was. Bouchard made a nice pass. Great McDavid pass by great Bouchard. Won
1: one of his good moments in this game that had plenty yeah. of both.
0: So last year Bruce, um, in 82 games, McDavid had 39 even strength goals and 36 even strength assists. So um that adds up to 75 points. 75 points in 82 games. This year in 15 games, he now has uh, seven points based on the two uh, goals tonight. So it was great to see him score tonight, and he is, he is coming on. Heading into this game, though, Bruce, he had one even strength point in his last previous eight games. Uh, one point in eight games. And I was wondering where he ranked in the NHL. Um, heading in, so heading in tonight, this isn't after tonight because the stats have not been updated, I don't believe. But he had, um, he ranked 270th out of 374 NHL forwards who are regulars in the NHL, played over 100 minutes, even strength. So he's, he's, he was scoring, he's been scoring at 1.25 points per 60, which is the scoring rate of a Bought like a low level third line or fourth line high level fourth line player essentially he's scoring like a fourth line player um up to this point <laughs> so if you're wondering why the owners are struggling i mean here's again he scored 39 goals last year at even strength um an amazing total so um he's not anywhere near that this year and uh it's hurting the team, obviously.
1: Still bobbling the puck, eh?
0: A little bit. I mean, he seems to be getting better. Seems to be getting better. Man, they are just, the other teams are just so focused on him as well. But of course, they're focused on all the good players. So that's the way yeah. hockey works.
1: Yeah. Well, this is McDavid. Uh, now, this is scoring rates. So points per 60. And this is, uh, no, it's got, uh, it's got even strength. Let's call him even strength. And uh, he's gone from uh, 2.96, 3.5, 3.3, 2.9, 4.1, 3.2, 3.2. This year, 1.4 points per 60. Like so way up. under half of his traditional rate. And
0: woe is us, Oilers fans.
1: (laughs) And if I recall correctly, he has not been on the ice for an even-strength goal by the Oilers where Drysaddle wasn't on the ice, where it was him and his own line.
0: Yeah, That sure was a spectacular goal, by the way. I mean, that first goal was just Mm -hmm. fantastic. Great pass and absolutely stunning strike by Connor McDavid, you know, pulling the pulling he went full dry saddle on that one slamming home the uh executioner shot of his own so good for good for conor mcdavid but uh so yeah and this is hopefully he can keep this kind of level of play up i think he he um just working like a like a demon in that game he was just unrelenting in his effort so i i you know i'll give him credit for that and he and he did obviously score the two goals and was Dangerous all game long, except on the late power play.
1: Well, he's played 136 minutes with Dry Sidle at five on five, and the orders have won that part of of the games five to four. And McDavid without Dry 103 minutes, zero for three against. Okay. He's played like basically uh, four hours of hockey, and the orders have scored five goals. Like, that's the fourth line, right? Uh, I mean, I can't explain it other than he's clearly nursing something and he's clearly off his form, and and how much is one is contributing to the other, we don't know. I mean, other teams are clearly focusing on him, but that's not exactly new. I mean, it's not like they suddenly thought, oh, that guy, number 97, maybe we should try to check him. You know, <laughs> they've been trying for a good long while now. And this year whatever they're doing seems to be working and his frustration level is uh, is growing and it's seeing those guys so frustrated and then you keep thinking they're going to break out they're just going to you know they're going to get a big power play and they're just going to they're going to eviscerate the other team and score a brilliant important goal and then they get the big power play and nothing happens 0 for 7 yeah. on the road trip to power play. And, oh, yeah, 0 for 2 in uh, empty net goalie-pulled situations too. So,
0: Not good, Bruce. Not.
1: No, none of it's good, David. Good. And the uh, season is trickling away fast. We haven't it even really got isn't. the U.S. Thanksgiving yet. And seems, you know, I mean, tonight, Calgary's playing Seattle now. Chances are it'll be a three-point game. But for sure they're going to be two points further behind one of those teams. And, you know, these regulation losses, and especially regulation losses from ahead, has happened the last two games straight, where they scored the first two goals of the game and came away with no points in either game. That is just a recipe uh, for failure.
0: (sighs) Ah. Just looking up something here myself. Leon Dreisaitl's, um executioner shots this year. Let's see if we can Not very many. get that. Here we go. 29. Ever Petrangelo curved to Let's keep that in mind too. Ben. So he's gotten off 11, uh, 12 of them. And he scored once. Oh. Mm-hmm. Twice. Yeah, three times. Three times he scored on the power play with his great shot this year, which um, I'd have to compare it to last year to know how significant that is. But he has he has scored some goals that way this year. But man, he that is a conundrum, Bruce. Like, what is going on? Do you think uh, with Leon and his uh, shooting? Any thoughts?
1: Uh, well, I'm remembering Petrangelo trying to amputate his wrist last year in the playoffs, wondering if that has anything lingering. Um uh, could be that. Goal, some of his goalies in you know, relatively small sample size, where some of those saves are going to get made from time to time, but there just seem to be an inordinate number of them. But he also has been, uh, we have a number of, execution of shots that we didn't record because they weren't on the target. We only record the ones that are. And the number of times he's missed the net, hit the side of the net, you know, uh, has happened a few times as well. Anyway, David, the Oilers are, they've now played, uh, well, tonight would be their 11th game where they scored first out of 17. And they won four of those games. Four, six, and one, when, when scoring first. And one, five, and oh, when not scoring first. So even in three of the games they lost, they had they scored the first two goals. The overtime loss and now these last two where they had a two-nothing lead in each game in the first period. And it's just like they, they, they can't flip a switch the way many teams can, that when they get the lead, they play different and they start to play more conservative and they start to clog up the neutral zone, which is something Edmonton is hopeless at, is clogging up the neutral zone. It is a freeway in the neutral zone. And that is, you know, I'm not a systems guy, but that is something that they got to, you know, Chris Knobloch, over to you. You got to fix that because there's just too many, you know, teams just steaming in over the Edmonton blue line, with speed and puck and numbers.
0: Yeah, it was a fast game tonight. Lots of up and down. My theory for Dreisaitl is this, that um, it's a matter of... Uh, there's been some great saves on him for sure, but that's not unusual. I think it's a matter of what what they call in soccer service for a striker. Mm-hmm. And I just think McDavid's injury, he's, he's not getting the service from McDavid that he's used to. And when, when, when McDavid isn't moving around, like you, you mentioned either before the podcast or during the podcast, I can't recall about how static the order's power play was These guys standing around. it's how it feels when McDavid is unable to wheel at that high speed, um, that he's usually able to, the, the defense isn't electrified and terrorized by him. Like, like they have been in the past. And, um, So they're more able to cover off drive cycle. They're more able to um, block passing lanes. There's just not there's not as many uh, scary moments for the other team on the penalty kill when McDavid's broken them down. And when so when McDavid breaks it down, it opens things up for Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who also can set up drive cycle.
1: He was a big guy in that last year.
0: Yeah, because they they would have him in the high slot. And if mm-hmm. McDavid could make the pass low, he'd put it to back to Nugent. We haven't seen that this year. And it's because McDavid's not able to get anything scary going on down low, or he's not as often. So I, I just think it's a matter, I would guess it's a matter of service for Leon. And that now it's a matter of some um, confidence, perhaps, as well. Like, he's just out of sync, and he's, he as he, he confident as Leon Dreisaitl is, maybe he's just he's fighting it a little bit like as will happen to any you know athlete over a number of years they're going to have a few moments of of iffy confidence looks like it's that's part of it but I think it starts with he's just not getting the wide as many wide open great setups great feeds that he was getting in the past might be able to dig into that because of our uh, scoring chance great a shot mm-hmm. project I'll see if I can figure out a way to look at that but um I think that might be part of what's going on Bruce
1: yeah, whatever it is that uh, the magic that the power plays had for the last two years has just completely evaporated.
0: Yeah. Well, where where do they rank? Are they they're not that terrible, are they? And the power play, I mean, they have scored, but it's the second unit has got a couple goals as, as well. But um, uh,
1: anyway, they are currently ranked thirteenth at nineteen point three percent. Oh. And they were saying tonight because the second unit's actually got two or three goals this year, where last yeah. year the first unit got all the goals. Uh, Jamal Myers, uh, who did a fine job on the commentary the last couple games, I thought, um, uh, was saying that the first unit has uh, converted on 11.3 percent or something. It's just way, way, way off the charts, low for okay. no. all right.
0: So, yeah, Bruce. <laughs> Next game is when? Wednesday night?
1: Wednesday night at Carolina. It doesn't get any easier, David. All right. Maybe they can forge a five or seven nothing lead and find a way to hang on, eh?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bruce, thanks for talking tonight.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone.
0: And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.